Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we talk to Avalanche TV analyst Peter McNabb on the eve of the Stanley Cup final. Hear his thoughts on the series, why he thinks Colorado is justifiably the favorite, and whether or not they'll win the series. Plus, Kelly Moore talks to Ron Ottawa, one of the latest inductees into the Manitoba Hockey Hall of Fame. That's all coming up on the podcast. Stanley Cup final gets underway tomorrow night. In Denver, Colorado, as the Avalanche gets set to host the Lightning. Last night, we previewed the series from the Tampa point of view. Tonight, let's do it from the Colorado angle with Peter McNabb, longtime TV analyst for the Avalanche. I talked to him earlier today and started by asking him about the feeling in Denver from his perspective, seeing the team get back to the final for the first time in 21 years. Well, you know, it, it has, uh, it, it, I'll tell you, time flies, but, uh, you know, they, they had that great, when they got here from Quebec, they had that great run. It was about seven years where it was just such great hockey. They, you know, they they came with a great team, and they, you know, those those games, those series, I guess, against Detroit were something that hockey fans just loved. And then uh, probably 2001, they won. In 2003, that era kind of ended, and there's there were some pretty good times. But then there were some real downtimes. And then uh, Coach Bedner got here and six years ago now, and that first year, oh, my goodness gracious, was it a tough year. For 48 points for the entire season. And uh, But Joe Sackick stuck with Coach, and I think Coach is, you know, he's really done a nice job building the pieces that Joe's put together. And uh, to the point now where they're in the – in the Stanley Cup Finals, and it's been exciting. There's been those last couple of years, three years, where they got beat out in the second round, and boy, everybody was so disappointed because it looked like they had a good hockey club, uh, but it didn't have enough. And so this year, they went out and got some added pieces at the trade deadline, and, and bingo, as you say, here we are, you know, all this time later in the Stanley Cup Finals. So the team makes it to the conference finals six of the first seven years it's in Denver and then not again until this year you've been with the team the whole time how does this run compare to the two previous trips to the cup final uh you know it's you 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 absolutely 100 percent expected it from the uh 96 and 01 team you know they they were so talented mother were they great and so this this one was a little bit uh you know you were crossing your fingers and whatever because of the the last three years they had gotten beaten out in the second round but this was a much different group you could tell from how they played how they prepared everything that those lessons they learned uh really came into play for the avalanche they have come from behind in games they've come from behind in periods uh you know they they, they all three of, of the series clinching games have been on the road they're seven and oh on the road i mean it's, these are places that you know on the road is supposed to be it's supposed to be tough there's only of the 16 teams that made the playoffs uh tampa bay is five and four and st louis was four and two and that's the that's it for clubs over 500 and the abs are uh, seven and oh so They've learned and they've they've grown, they've matured, and it's it's they're well deserving to be representing the West. 
Let's go through the run here. They've only lost two games so far, both to St. Louis. And, and who knows what would have happened if Jordan Biddington didn't get hurt because the Blues were putting up a fight. What have been the areas you think the Colorado Avalanche have excelled at this year that maybe got them down in previous years where they didn't make it out of the second round? Well, I, you know, I think when you look at it, it's um, an ex- and this is one of the things that not a lot of people have talked about, but I keep wondering why. Uh, it's a completely different hockey club. You know, if you look at the roster that they're putting out right now for game one, and uh, that's unfortunately probably isn't going to include Cadre, but if you look at the team uh, for, that played Vegas la- the last game of the playoffs last year, they have two new goaltenders. They have, they have uh, of the six defensemen, they have four new defensemen. So there's only two of the defensemen are back. And of the 12 forwards, four of them. So that's 10 guys, 10 completely different people that are playing for the Colorado Avalanche. And they fit different roles. Uh, you know, they got Johnson back from injury. Uh, Bo Byron, a rookie, stepped in. Manson came from a, tra- a trade. They signed Jack Johnson as a free agent. So they, they did it in a whole bunch of different ways. And I think that the combination of the guys that have been here and have gone through it. And the guys that haven't been here and said, Hey, you know, I don't want to listen to you guys talking about losing. We didn't lose. And so it's been a you know, sort of a fun combination of the two sides working together to bring themselves together as a team. Another big difference this year is in net in the bubble. They lose in seven games to Dallas, despite really not having a, a healthy goaltender. They were using Michael Hutchinson quite a bit familiar to people in this market. Now they've got Darcy Kemper. They've got Pavel Francois. Both goaltenders are healthy. They've been uh, succeeding in the crease. The Avalanche have been scoring a ton of goals, so goaltending has been important, but maybe not as important as previous years. In this battle against Andre Vasilevsky, do you think goaltending might be an issue in this series for Colorado, or are they just so talented offensively that it might not matter? Well, I, you know, any, I think any series, especially the Stanley Cup Finals, goaltending is going to be an issue. Uh, you know, if you, you look at, especially, it's almost unnerving looking at Vasilevsky and how, you know, his, his numbers, they're, you know, he's won 11 straight series. He's won a couple Stanley Cups. The last eight elimination games, he's, a lot, he's had six shutouts and two one-goal games. So you, you you almost have to just not not worry about him because he's going to play well. He just is. He's a great goaltender. He may be the best goaltender uh, in the in the game today, and may well go down as the best clutch goaltender in the history of hockey because this is this is a historic run that Tampa's on, and it shouldn't be dismissed you know these guys have really done some great things the last three years and Vasilevsky is uh, has been a big part of it so Kemper I think has to just I think the big thing is uh, for Kemper and I imagine he is going to start um, is no bad ones early don't don't start questioning yourself don't start wondering you know what can I do better because you can only play as well as you can play and I think for the Avalanche uh, you know, they're hopeful that they, they can make this not a two one game, but, you know, get their offense going, get the game at more, a quicker pace, maybe not that Tampa plays a slow game. It's just that they want to 
the Avalanche want to play a fast game. I mean, there's no question that that's the key to how they play. They're just really fast. And I think that for anybody that watches them, it, it's kind of like, wow. I mean, this is a whole different uh, animal, the Avalanche. When they're going, they they're, they play about as fast as you can possibly play right now. So the Avalanche haven't played since June 6th. It'll be uh, nine days between games. I think it's a good thing that Tampa won in six because if we had, they'd waited until Saturday, it would have been a dozen days. I think that's just too many. They had a big break between their Nashville series and the St. Louis series. And St. Louis, you know, had that series split at one and almost had it up 2-0 after two games. Do you think this is too long a break for the Avalanche or do you think it's going to be something that doesn't matter? Uh, hopefully it doesn't matter. I mean, it's, it is too long. I mean, there's no question. I mean, uh, you, uh, the perfect amount of time is three or four days, you know, because, you know, you keep your conditioning and all that you get to celebrate, you know, the victory in the series, which, you know, is all part of it. You, you win, you celebrate a little bit, you take a day off, you practice, practice, then play. And so, but that, you know, the avalanche, have had to do a whole, you know, a whole, a whole bunch of different things. Uh, they're, I'm sure they're looking at what Tampa Bay did or, uh, and say, well, you know, I think the players are well aware that, you know, Tampa came out and did not look at their best. And, and it wasn't until, gosh, the third period of the third game where they got it going. But once they did, they just rolled and they were, they played great. So I, I think the Avalanche, having watched that and saying to yourself, wait a minute, that's a Stanley Cup championship that can happen to them. You know, they've tried a few different things, but it was basically, I think, the mindset to understand that, you know, for example, the Avalanche in, the, in all three of the, of the series so far have come out and really played well in the first game. They've, they've you know, they've, they had, Bennington was great, but the Avalanche, you know, outshot them badly but so there was just it was just a case where he just hung he hung they hung in there as long as he could so i think the avalanche are going to try to really set a tempo early in the game just so they can get themselves feeling like okay this is how this series is going to go so there's parallels between the two teams in terms of missing key players due to injury it happens to almost every team that goes as far in a postseason it happens but nazim kadri has not played uh, in a little bit because of the hit he took from Evander Kane. Braden Point hasn't played since round one. He's looking like he'll probably be back tomorrow night. Kadri might be a little bit longer. Do you think the Avalanche can win the cup without him? Well, you know, I would I would say yes because, uh, and it's not fair because he's, you know, he's such an important player, but numbers do tell a little bit of a story. And the Avs are in the 12th, in the 13 games that he has missed, they're 11-1-1. So when he has been out of the lineup, they've been able to, with the depth they have up front, you know, whether it's moving Mikko Rantanen into center and Burakovsky up to the right side from the third line or just move JT Comfer up to the second line, they've been able to compensate. And, uh, you know, I, I think that they have a, the defense, the way that they play, you know, it adds to the speed. It adds to everything for the Avalanche. So, it's it was a tough blow. He was playing so well, uh, you know. But you know, like you say, you, when it comes to the playoffs, it's more often than not you're going to have to get through the ser- the playoffs 
without one of your key guys. From your perspective as the caller commentator for the TV broadcast, is it weird now to not be able to call these games? Oh, you get so used to it. I, I, I think it started back in the early 90s where the national broadcast took over. And at first it was like, I think we did three rounds and then they two rounds and now we just get one round. But, you know, it's, it's, you, you, I think that's been the last 10 years. So, oh gosh, you'd love to be doing them because they're so much fun. And it's, the city is just going crazy. So the whole atmosphere and, and just being around it is fun. And so, yeah, yes, you miss it, but you're, you're, you're used to the fact that they're taking over. Fair enough. On the, on the point of experience, because this is obviously a big storyline going into this, you got a team that's won the last two Cups against a team that has two guys that have won a Cup before, and one of them was in 2008 in Darren Helm, Burakovsky the other with Washington four years ago. Do you think that gives Tampa an edge here, or is that something that, you know what, Colorado, they made the playoffs a bunch. Yeah, they haven't been to this level of the postseason, but they're they're battle-tested to some degree, and they're going to have to rise to the occasion, and they can rise to the occasion. What do you think about the experience deficit? Oh, I, There's no question. There's no question that the experience factor favors Tampa Bay because when you when you're coming to something that's completely brand new, as you know, the avalanche going into the Stanley cup finals, there's no question that has to be answered that, that Tampa Bay doesn't know the answer to. And for the avalanche, they're going to have to learn through experience of some of these things. But I think the avalanche are very comfortable with the fact that, you know, we faced some adversity before we, we, you know, we, we know what we have to do. And they're a really good hockey club. You know, I think that's the biggest thing that they have going for them. They're really good and they know it. And I think that that's what you bank on. It was like, in, you know, it was uh, the, the third period of game four in Edmonton. You know, Edmonton's up three to one. The Avalanche, Landeskog, McKinnon, Rantanen, all score. They're big guns come out and they end up sending it in overtime and winning. So I think for the avalanche, uh, the days of worrying about experience, I mean, it, it is going to be new for them and it's going to be, you know, three times in a row now for Tampa Bay. So there's going to be little things that they'll be favored, but it's going to be enough to tilt the series. I don't think so. So I take it then that you think Colorado's going to win. Yes. I, I have, I have Colorado in seven, and I realize that, uh, um, you know, that's obviously you're you're going homer, you know, all the way with that because you've watched them all year. You've watched them have just a sensational year. You've watched, uh, you know, McKinnon be McKinnon. Landeskog has had his very best year, uh, you know, and McKinnon McCarr is just, uh, I, I don't even know what to say. You know, he's just been spectacular. So, you know, yeah, absolutely the Avalanche have a chance to win. But, you know, Tampa Bay on the other side, if they get that first goal, they get that second goal. I mean, they are it, – it's not easy to catch them. And that that's, I think, will be one of the things the Avalanche will really be emphasizing is that first goal. And if they do get one, get it back as quick as possible because you don't want to be, you know – having this one, three, one defensive system of Tampa Bay dictate how the game is going to go because they're really good at it. 
Well, I just hope it's a great series because it's been a really fun postseason and whoever wins, wins. But hopefully it's a lot of fun. Peter, thanks for this. It's been a pleasure and enjoy the series. I'm, I, I'm hopeful I really enjoy the series. I'm sure I'm going to enjoy the series, but I'm hopeful I'm really going to enjoy it. <laughs> Let's turn our attention back to hockey now. And a conversation last week as the Manitoba Hockey Hall of Fame announced the 10 individuals and two teams who will make up the inductees for 2022. That impressive list includes Ron Ottawa, who's dedicated more than 50 years serving as an on and off ice official. He talked to our sports director, Kelly Moore, at the ceremony. I'm shocked that, uh, to, to, to receive this honor. It's Why? I just never expected it. When you're doing something you love to do, uh, you don't expect to be recognized like this. I mean, uh, it's just been a wonderful, you mentioned a half century. I find it hard to believe it's been that long, but I guess it is. Yeah. Do you remember how it all began? Uh, I do. Um, I, I can recall being in the old Winnipeg Arena at a hockey game, probably a Winnipeg Maroons game, seeing an ad in the program for referees, Great Winnipeg Minor Hockey Association. So I responded to the ad and went to referee school, and it all evolved from there. Was there, like, was there any inspiration for you at all? Uh, you know, when, when, uh, when players are growing up, you know, uh, whether it was uh, Bobby Hall or Rocket Richard or Jean Beliveau and your in my era, and then, of course, now, you know, it would be Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl and Nathan McKinnon and the list goes on and on. But was there anybody in particular that was wearing stripes that inspired you to become a referee? I don't know if I can say they inspired me, but uh, as a kid, I would watch people like Gordy Kerr in Winnipeg, and he'd be refereeing in, in the arena. Um, and I think a fellow like that, if there was an inspiration, he would have been one of the people. Yeah. Uh, when I think about refereeing, uh, he is one person that I, I do think about. In fact, when Jordy called me to let me know about the induction, he was... Th- Probably the first person that came to my mind. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jordy Douglas, uh, of course, is the vice president of the Manitoba Hockey Hall of Fame Board of Directors, uh, who made the announcement. Uh, Ron, what was your style of officiating? Because uh, you know, the, the one thing that I think when you're talking to players, especially, they have a lot of respect for the officials. That sure, they have to follow the rule book, but there's also the you know the common sense and, and the sense of the game when they make those calls. In, uh, when I think back to my day, it seems to me there was so much more you considered when making a call than the officials do now. Mm-hmm. Uh, things like the score, the time in the game, what effect that penalty is going to have. Those all things went through your mind. Now, uh, your stick goes parallel to the ice and on the hands of a player, it's a hook. The discretion is gone from it. So it seems to me there there was more discretion in those days. Uh, I think it's, uh, maybe I shouldn't say this, but I think it's probably easier to officiate now than it was then. Yeah. Because of the, the discretion is has kind of been removed now, you know? Yeah. And, and, of course, you would have officiated uh, in the days when there was just one yes. uh, referee yes. on the ice yes. uh, as opposed to the, the uh, two referees now. Uh, when you're watching a game... Uh, and, and, and it's been this way for a while. Uh, do you like the idea? Is it because they're bigger, faster, stronger, everything uh, that maybe two officials are required? Or do you think it's still better to just have one Charles in charge? I like the two officials. Um, yeah. I, I, I think you get a, 
a better sense of the game. There's two people watching it. As, as a, an individual, uh, you see what's in front of you. You don't necessarily see things that are happening on the periphery. Where there's two of you, that can be picked up. And some nights you would go out there and you wouldn't see a thing. I mean, it, it just that's just the way it was. Uh, I, I think you get a better officiated game with two officials. It's just another set of eyes watching. Ron Ottawa is our guest. He is going into the Manitoba Hockey Hall of Fame class of 2022 in the officials category. You might, you, uh, do you still uh, kind of think, wow, that, that really is happening? I, like I say, I, I'm, I'm in shock. Uh, I, I never expected it. Um, uh, it's, it. It's wonderful. And you know, I've walked through the gallery at the Iceplex, and I, I've looked at the pictures of officials on the wall, and yeah. you know, thought about the fact that, gosh, I worked with him, and I worked with him, and I worked with him, and I had a chance to learn from him, yeah. and now to be kind of considered in the in the same breath of these guys, it's it's I, I can't describe it. Yeah. Is there? You know, these are always difficult questions, especially for a guy who was involved with the game for as long as you have been. But was there one or two memorable moments that really stand out in games that you were working as an official, as a referee? Uh, I, one, one stands out in my mind and it involves uh, Neil Furo, who's on our, our board. Uh, Neil was playing for the Saints at the time, and the Saints were up in Thompson playing the King Miners, and I was the referee of the game. And uh, the game had just started, and there was an incident along the boards where uh, I kind of got the sense that Neil kicked the other player. My arm went up in the air on a delayed penalty, and uh, as I thought about it, I said, this is, just, this is a terrible call. <laughs> And what, what, what do you do? I, I have to go through with it. And the penalty at the time for kicking was a five-minute major in a game misconduct. So I kicked Neil out of the game early in the first game of a two-game series. And he didn't play for the rest of the weekend. And that has haunted me since that time. So, like, yeah, there, there are those kinds of things that, that, that happen. Okay, I'm going to get on to a little happier subject here now because I can tell just by the look in your face that the, that has still bothered you after all of these years. But, you know, we're, we're going to have some people listening right now. That Ron Ottawa, you know, when I'm, when I'm watching a Jets game, I, I think I, I, I see that name, you know, come up where that name is mentioned. And, of course, for years and years, uh, and, and this it was funny, Ronnie, up until uh, the, the announcement, I had no idea that you had been an official for as long as you were because I've always known you as the off-ice officials for Winnipeg Jet Games. That's, that's just been another side of it that uh, I, I've thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed. And uh, uh, it, it's evolved into something more than I ever expected it to evolve in. It's... <laughs> It's, it's, it's wonderful. I've, I've really thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. And you guys rotate, you know, sometimes you're a gold judge, sometimes you're in the penalty box, sometimes, I don't know if you're doing plus minus or, or that sort of thing, but what's, what's your favorite part of that job? Uh, uh, because I would imagine there are some pretty interesting conversations that go on in the penalty box from time to time. Oh, oh there are. Uh, I, I spend most of my time either as the game timekeeper or the penalty timekeeper, right. and I, I really do enjoy those. Uh, our fellows upstairs that are doing the stats, the giveaways, the takeaways, the, the shots on goal, the hits. Uh, you know, I, I, I can stand back and watch those guys in awe. How they do it is That's just, a science, isn't it's it? just amazing. It sure is. Um, 
I, I kind of enjoy being down at the ice level and close to the action and, as you say, the conversations in the penalty box and, and that kind of thing. Uh, I, I must say the conversations in the penalty box may appear from the outside to be kind of very heated, but oftentimes they're very respectful. Two players come in after a fight, and there's respect, mutual respect, and they'll compliment each other on the fight that they just had. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. Hey, well, I don't know if uh, the wheels are already turning your head on uh, on uh, what your uh, speech is going to be like on October the 8th. You've got about four months to prepare it. Uh, Ron Ottawa, thanks for doing this. And again, a heartfelt congratulations on your induction into the Manitoba Hockey Hall of Fame. Thank you very much, Kelly. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m., of course. That is when the Jets are not playing, because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places, I'd imagine. So farewell, until we meet again. So long and thanks for all the fish. So sad that it should come to this. We try to warn you over the day. You may not share our intellect.